Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you. Hello, anyone out there? Just wave to me. Let's get excited for what Jesus is about to do. Amen. Are you guys allowed to preach half my sermon through the testimonies? So it's thank, thanks so much for those wonderful testimonies. It's, uh, it's amazing to have Marius and Gerda and Danya here as well. They're also all the way from Bloemfontein. So welcome to the Taliarts and to Lucy. It's good to see you again. And Amu and Cornell and Leopold and Marilette. It's awesome to see some well-known faces. And thanks to the Skumans. Scarpa and Marlene, we, we've been treated to five-star accommodation. I think if you guys know them, you'll, uh, I'm sure, agree with me. So it's wonderful to be with you guys this morning. I'm, I'm going to talk this morning about, about a name. Who, who's got a name here? Amen. All of you guys have got a name, right? I think there's something significant in a name. Wouldn't you say that? And I think if you live in the city of Joburg, there's a lot of names flying around, isn't that so? There's massive corporations, there's massive sports teams, massive political parties that are really, you know, throwing out their names right now. There's names of schools. If you, if you live in Bloemfontein, you, you'll know there's, there's quite a few names of schools that fly around. Um, some people are really proud of the schools that they went to or the universities that they go to. There's names of, of churches even. That, that get thrown around. There's, there's power in a name, wouldn't you say? There's, there's significance in a name. There's names of famous people, and there's also names of not-so-famous people. Yesterday we were at a wedding. It was so amazing to be, to be a part of Simone and, and Andres' wedding, and just to, to see that, you know, there were a couple of well-known names even at that wedding, you know, and, and certain people like to take photos with, with well-known people, you know. But I think each one of you guys here this morning has got a name, right? You've at least got two names. You've got a surname, which is your family name that you come from. And then you've got a, a first name, which hopefully is something unique about you. Do you know the meaning of your name here this morning? <laughs> Some of you. My name actually comes from my grandmother. She came from Scotland. She was born on the island of Arran in Scotland, and her surname was Mac Allister. She had a brother, Alistair Mac Allister. How's that for a name? <laughs> So they called me Alistair. But Alistair means courage and, and, and bravery and, and something like that in that, in that line. But, but there's a significance to, to why you've been given a specific name. A name represents something special and, and, and there's history about your name. It speaks of identity. But I think if we put all these other names aside, you know, there's the one name that I want to talk about this morning. Amen. There's one name that is important. In fact, if you, if you related to this name, if you identified with this name, if, you, if this name is, is part of you, then, then you're famous. Who wants to be famous here? All of us want to be famous. But many of us want to be famous by the names of this world, to be associated with FNB or with APSA or with Vodacom or MTN or with the Proteas. I guess at this moment we don't want to be so associated with the Proteas, with the Springboks, with the Lions, with all the, the sports teams. But this morning, if you're associated with this name, you're, you're famous because your name could be written in heaven. In fact, your name will be written in heaven if you're associated with this name. 
So I want to look at, at this name this morning. So turn with me to, to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 1 to 21. I heard you guys received the scripture this week, so that's quite new to me. I don't think I've preached at a crowd where, where they've been given the scripture beforehand. So I'm sure you guys are coming with some kind of an expectation here this morning. I mean, can I, is there agreement in that? I don't know what you guys talked about this week. And maybe you, you came with a lot more revelations than, than I came up with this morning. But I'm, I'm going to trust that we encouraged and that even our testimonies this morning that we heard will just be confirmation of truly what God wants to do this morning. So let's just pray before we, we receive the Word of God with expectation this morning. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you that this Word is eternal, God, and this Word is enough to change our lives in an instant, God. I thank you for faith in this place, God. I thank you that we can believe that this Word is also true for us today, Lord, that it's not only a story that happened many years ago, but, Lord, that your Word would be real for us right now in our situations. We thank you for our hearts to be good soil this morning and we trust that you would speak to each one of us specifically, effectively, where we're at in our lives, Lord. May this not just be something out there, but Lord, I thank you that you by your spirit apply it and make it real for each one of us. We just worship you for your presence here this morning. We thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before I start, we, we're busy with the book of Acts in our church. We decided at the beginning of the year, we're going to read through Acts in the holidays. And so when we come back in 2019, we're going to look at a few things that the first church did, just in terms of becoming a church similar to, to what the church in Acts was. And so this scripture came out of that, where, where we're just trusting the Lord to show us what did these guys, how did the apostles live, how did the first church live. And so this is one of the, script, the sermons that, that I preached to, to us as well this, this year in Bloemfontein. So I want you to come with an expectation and say, God, how can I be more like these guys who lived this life that, that Jesus called them to live? So let's read in, in Acts chapter 3 from verse 1 to 17. I'm just going to read it all and then just go through a few things. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the, at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It's good to, to go up to hours of prayer. Amen. <laughs> Hope we're all a praying church that we, we go to prayer meetings. Because this happened going to a prayer meeting. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid, da- whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Then Peter saw it, and he responded to the people and said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as if though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, 
has made this man well, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, so that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven and whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. What an amazing story. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with me? When you read this story, you, you're challenged, aren't you? And you're stirred as well. And so this morning I want to just mention four things that I trust that you'll remember. It seems like we've had three things, so I'll just add one to them. We've got another four to remember this morning. Four things when it comes to this name of Jesus, the greatest name that there ever was, there ever is, and there ever will be. Amen. The greatest name that we can be associated with, and if we are associated with this name, in his eyes we're famous. We don't have to be associated necessarily with any other name, even though we do other names and even though there are other names that are significant in our lives it's important to understand that this name is the name above every other name the bible says so the first thing i want to take out of this scripture and i want us to take out of the scripture is that the name of jesus contains all power amen if you look at verse 6 it says silver and gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk I love how Peter uses the full name of, he says, doesn't just say in the name of Jesus or in the name of Christ, he says in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He makes sure that the guy understands that this is the same Jesus because this guy must have heard about this Jesus. He must, he was, how old was he? Anyone know how old he was? Can anyone say, Henny, does your church know the Bible? I'm sure Henny's church knows the Bible. <laughs> does anyone know how old this guy was? Can anyone say, just go to Acts chapter 4, verse, um, just verse 22. Can someone read the Acts chapter 4, verse 22? He's probably as old as, as many of us in this, in this room are. He was over 40 years old, but same as me. I'm 42, almost 42, eh? and I've got another 78 to go, okay? <laughs> But he uses this full name and he makes sure that this guy understands that, that this is the Jesus. He was, he was the man. Yes, he's the man that walked this earth. In this, the name of this man, he was God here on earth. Rise up and walk. The name of Jesus contains all power to heal, all power to save, all power to deliver, all authority, all dominion, all strength. The Bible says in, in, in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 that the name of the Lord is a... The righteous run to it and they are safe. They are saved and they're safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Isn't that amazing? And Peter said it so that the people could realize this isn't any other superpower. There's a lot of other superpowers going around the world today, right? People think they've got all sorts of superpowers. There's superheroes, there's Superman and Thor and Captain America and all these other superheroes. And so, so many people are looking for superpowers, because people know that we're not made for the natural. Isn't that so? We're made for the supernatural. And so there's, there's supernatural power. And Peter says it's not by our own might or our own power. It's not by us. It's not by any other weird thing that this happened. But there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Peter said it's not by their own power or godliness. You see, there's identity in the name of Jesus. And the early church knew their identity. Isn't that so? They, they seem to be identified by this name. If you read through the book of Acts, you realize they must have been so closely associated with this name because whatever they heard, they did. And that's why I love what Annie said, to, be, to obey the Spirit. That's what these guys lived. Their life was living the gospel, loving people and obeying the Spirit. They, they really lived how Jesus lived, even though they were still humans. They still made mistakes. They were just like us. They weren't superpower people. They weren't superhumans. They were real people, but they understood their identity in the name of Jesus, and they understood that the name of Jesus contains all power. You see, there's something amazing about this name, and that's why we shouldn't use this name in vain. Amen. The danger many times with us as believers that have walked a long time with this name, we, we sometimes can get familiar with this name, and maybe we're not blaspheming this name, maybe we're not using this name in vain, but we can become casual with this name. Amen. Or we, we can just think, oh, this, he's just another name because there are so many names out there. He's just another name. But I want to say this morning, he's not just another name. The name of Jesus contains all power. And you know, our kids understand that. I don't know if you guys, your parents here, you start to talk about this name in your house and you realize your kids are picking up this. There's a great name that's being preached and lived in this household, hopefully, if we're raising up the next generation. And so the other day, my kids, we, we've got a swimming pool. And so they were like, joking with their friends or, or talking, and they would say, you know what, if, if, if Jesus has to do a bomb in this pool, then all the water will be out, you know. <laughs> so, so sometimes they can also, like, you know, use this name a little bit casually and a bit flippantly and so on, but, but at least that they understand that, that, that there's power in this name. If this name happens, there's no more water, you know. <laughs> but there's power... In the name of Jesus, amen. Power to heal, power to save, power to deliver. And I believe this name wants to be glorified today. And Jesus wants to be, be spoken today that, that he can heal and save and deliver, even right here in our midst. If, if you need salvation today, if you need an encounter with Jesus, his name will be spoken today and is being spoken and you can be saved. If you need healing here today, I, I love the testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. That, that's what the book of Acts, we, we saw it happen. Can't we do it today? Why are we so ashamed? Why are we so afraid of this name many times? And I want to say this morning, there's power to sustain your life this year. There's power to sustain your life this, this whole time you're on earth. There's power to, to protect you, to sustain you, to keep you from falling. There is power in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? amen. And the second thing that I, that I see happening in the scripture, the second thing that I believe God wants us to believe this morning and to know this morning is that this name cannot be silenced. If we don't speak this name, guess what? The rocks will cry out. <laughs> this name cannot be contained. It cannot be silenced. This name must be proclaimed. And that's why Peter said it. He didn't hope it or wish it or just lay hands from a distance and kind of meditate in the air. He said the name of Jesus with authority. And can you see that authority that he had? Can you see the faith he had to speak this healing into being? But you see, in order to proclaim something, it's good that you really believe that thing. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. And so I believe sometimes, myself included, we, we are ashamed or we, we, we're a bit scared to use the name of Jesus because we, we don't really believe that, that it can have that effect now. So, so we, you know, we wait for the perfect moment. And, and Peter just knew that this was the moment that this guy needed healing and he said this name with authority. 
Because this name cannot be silenced. You see, all that is contained in the name of Jesus must be proclaimed. If we believe the first thing that I've said, if we believe that there's all power, if we believe that there's healing and salvation, all that, then, then we've got to put it into action. Amen. There's only action when words are spoken, and that's why Peter had to say it. He looked at this lame man. He didn't just hope that something would happen. He said it. He spoke faith into being. He spoke it into action. How did God create at the beginning? Anyone know? He didn't just... Earth must just happen now. He spoke it into being. He said, let there be light. Imagine that authority and that power that happened at the beginning of creation. And all of this that we see today is, is yeah, because of three words. Four words, let there be light. And God understands this. And guess who also understands this? The devil also understands this. And so many times, instead of proclaiming life, we also proclaim death. There's power in speaking, and I want us to challenge us this morning that, that if we don't speak the name of Jesus, if we don't speak good things, if we don't speak the Word of God, we, we tend to speak other stuff. We tend to criticize, we tend to be negative, we tend to speak other things, because speak we're going to speak because we are made to speak. And I believe we need to speak blessing and speak life instead of death, because it's, it's in the power of the tongue. There's either blessing or there's cursing. And pastor friend of mine shared in Bloemfontein shared with me this experiment that he, he, he saw um, on YouTube and he actually did it in their church, okay? An experiment with an apple. They cut an apple in half. They put one, one half in a jar for two weeks and another, the other half in the other jar. And at the one jar, they spoke life over this apple. They spoke blessing and, and, and you know, prosperity and all of that. And the other one, they, they cursed every day for two weeks. And you know, obviously an apple's going to go brown after a time like that. But he said it was amazing to see the one apple actually probably got a little bit brown, but it was actually in a good condition. The other one like totally just almost rotted and just went really black and just almost totally looked terrible after those two weeks. And he said he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that, that, this power, that it's like there's an illustration of power in what you speak over this anything. How much more isn't it powerful when we speak over people? What do we speak over people? What do we speak over situations? What do we speak over, over our nation? But you see, this, this name of Jesus cannot be silenced and it will not be silenced. And if, and if God doesn't see you, 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 you know, if He's not going to use us or if we don't want to be used, He'll use whoever to speak His name. Because his name is too precious, too powerful, too amazing to just be another name. This, this week I had a man coming into my office. It was so amazing. He just came off the street. He saw our office there and, and he said to the lady, our landlady, he said, please can I speak to the, the pastor here? He saw this was a church and so she knocked on my door and said, here's a guy who wants to speak to the pastor. And I was okay, cool, come in. And at the time I was quite busy and I didn't really have time for, for anyone. And sometimes you like challenged in that way. you like, you know, are we really there for people? Are we there with our own agendas and all of that? And so I was like, let this guy come in. I don't know what he wants. And then he starts sharing with me that he's at the end of himself. He feels like he wants to just take his life now. He's lost hope. He's got a family and everything, but he's, he's really just the end of himself. And I'm, then you like shake and then you realize, okay, nothing else is important now. This is a life and death situation. 
And so I sat him down there, and, and I just, and, and then he shared his, and I just started to speak, and I, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord just giving me words, like just to speak into his life, speak the gospel, speak hope. And he knows the Lord, he's, he's a believer, but he's lost his hope. But I, but I told him about this name, I said, I said that it just, there's the name, and I said, in the name of Jesus, like, have hope, man. And I started to pray for him, and, and I could see his face just changed, he was like, Yo, Pastor, thank, thank you so much. Like, look, this, is, this is amazing. Just to speak basic identity in him. I told him about Jesus receiving his identity when he got baptized. I said, have you been baptized? He said, no, I haven't been baptized. I said, it's important you get baptized. That you can live like Jesus lived with purpose, with passion, with, with the fullness of life. And, and in that moment, I'd, I spent 20 minutes with him. And then he was like, I could see he's, like, he's, he's had his download of Jesus. <laughs> so he left there with hope. He left there with, I said, and he's, he needed to make right with his church. He was offended by a church and all of that. And I said, you, you need to go back. And you can come to our church, but, but make right where you, where you are, where you were. But I spoke the name of Jesus over him, and I prayed over him, and, and I could see there was change. Amen. Because there's power, and there's, 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 a, there's a proclamation that must happen. The name of Jesus cannot be silenced. Amen. Then number three, turn to someone next to you and say, we're going somewhere this morning. (laughs) I trust that you stood in your faith about this amazing name that we sing about and that we know. The third thing that I find in this passage of Scripture that is so amazing is that this name of Jesus causes miraculous change. Tell someone next to you, miraculous change. You see, when the name of Jesus is believed... When the name of Jesus is confessed, change is, and I love this word, inevitable. I loved Henny mentioned that word as well this morning. Now, I remember when I met my wife on Table Mountain. Okay, We met in Cape Town on Table Mountain. And I saw this lady and I thought, yeah, she's got, and she started to tell me a story how she got baptized in Scotland in the winter in the sea, like ice cold, so everything died. <laughs> And so I knew, like, there's new life here. You know, this girl is on fire and all of that. So, so we talk stuff. And I use these high English words because I know she's from the Eastern Free State, so they struggle a bit with the English, you know. <laughs> but luckily she went overseas to Scotland and learned a little bit of English in preparation for the pending marriage, you know, <laughs> with, with the English guy. <laughs> so... Um, so I used this word, inevitable. Now, I don't know if it was that we were going to get, look, we, we'd met that day, so I doubt it was that we were going to get married. Maybe it was, and I had massive faith. That, but I just mentioned this word, and she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm sure you remember that, mother. <laughs> and so I had to explain to her what this word, inevitable, means. But I just want to say today, if we believe and we confess the name of Jesus, change will happen. It's like a done deal. Amen. And I remember when I got saved, there was a guy called Peter Pollock, an evangelist, great cricket player of the past, and he came to our school and he preached the gospel. And at the end of it, he said, if there's no change, there's no Jesus. And it was like, boom. (laughs) I better make a change or I need to ask Jesus to make a change because I think I'm going to heaven. I'm grow up in the traditional church, I'm fine, you know, we just need to go to church and be a good person and you're fine. And this guy comes and he tells me, you're, you're a sinner, you know. And the Word of God confirmed, I, I read Romans 3 verse 23 and says, all have sinned and fallen short, there's no good person. And so I just, I realized that I, that's how I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus because I knew he needs to make a change and only he can make a change in my life. 
And the greatest miracle is when someone comes to salvation, when someone is born again, the greatest miracle that all healings and all deliverances, all this should point to is when, when we can make a change for eternity, when there's death that changes into life, darkness into light. Miraculous change, amen. And this guy was 40 years old, this lame man was 40 years old, more than 40 years old. Imagine that. I mean, he doesn't understand any other way of life. He's just been lame from his mother's womb. And I love what, what, what it says here in, in verse 7. Verse 7 says, And he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately, say the word immediately, immediately, something happened in his legs. Immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And I want to say this morning that Jesus meets the need where there is a need. Amen. Jesus will meet a need where there is a need. I know this morning there's needs here. There's certain needs here, and I, I believe Jesus wants to meet it immediately. He doesn't want you to wait, and, and I agree with what Leopold says. I agree God does healings in different ways. But I believe this morning he wants to meet a need right here. Amen. And as I saw a picture as I was praying for people. I saw a picture of, I don't know if it's one or two or how many people. Someone is ca- you're carrying heavy cement blocks. You, you, you're trying to balance these huge cement blocks, and, and you're trying to make this work, and Jesus says you're going you're gonna to die. You can't carry this heavy burden. So I don't know, some people here, you're carrying heavy burdens of life, and Jesus wants to free you of that immediately. Amen. And there's some other people here, you need to get into relationship, because you need, you need to be like Moses, your hands need to be lifted up. You're standing alone, and you need Aaron and her to come and lift your hands up for you. So someone here, some people here, you're isolated, you need community, you need the small groups, you need, you need fellowship. And maybe it's the same person, you're trying to carry these burdens on your own, maybe it's not, but I believe Jesus wants to lift those burdens off you today. But, but he wants to meet your need. And, and like he did, he met this need immediately. But where does it happen? It happens where there's faith, amen, where there's belief. And, and guess what? This guy didn't believe. But Peter had to believe for him. So, so look at this. First, Peter helped him up. He didn't believe. Peter had to believe for him. Peter had great faith. That's why he could speak this name. And, and Peter then said, come, come, lift up. Start to stand up. So Peter had faith and he started to help him up and he believed for the man and then what happened? Then Jesus did the miracle when there was faith in in this place. It says he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately, right? It doesn't say immediately received strength, then he stood up. Peter had faith for this guy. But we need to believe that the name of Jesus causes miraculous change so we can have faith because his name is all-powerful and his name can be proclaimed and his name does cause miraculous change. And then what happened, this man started to believe and he started to leap up and he walked and he praised the Lord. Isn't that amazing? What happens when miraculous change happens is there's an immediate worship of God. And he started to leap up and he realized he has new life. He, he didn't know a life of freedom like this before. He realized bondage. He had, he had terrible discomfort and just logistically it was terrible. He had to be helped by other people. But he believed because Peter believed for him. And then he started to believe and he walked and he praised the Lord. And guess what happened? Look at verse 10. It says, the people were in wonder and amazement. They were filled with wonder and amazement. Tell someone next to you, filled with wonder and amazement. And I believe God wants to do amazing stuff in these last days. Amen. It's the only way the world is going to be changed is when there's wonder and amazement by unbelievers and by even believers saying there's a God who lives. He's not dead. In case you wondered. 
There's a God who's alive, and this change happened, and it caused wonder and amazement. The Bible says that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Amen. End of Matthew, end of Mark, Jesus says, go. And I'm going to be with you. And when I'm with you, signs and wonders will follow. And sometimes we're afraid of miracles. Sometimes we're scared of miracles because, yes, there is all sorts of weird stuff going on. Yes, there is miracles that, that's not from God. There's a supernatural world out there. But, but it doesn't mean we must just never believe in miracles and just walk away from all stuff that we can't control. Because guess what? We're not going to control the harvest that's going to come in. I said that to our church last week. I said when the harvest comes in, it's like that rain we had last Friday. We had 100 millimeters in one day and Bloemfontein flooded. Like Bloemfontein can't contain all the water, you see, because we don't get a lot of water. Not like you guys. Sure, it just looks amazing in this place, all the rain. But you know, when that water was running and there's like 100 mils in one day, you, you just like surrender, Lord, help us. Because you can't control the harvest. You can't control when God's spirit moves, it's going to move. And if we're in the way, we better get out of the way. But wonder and amazement is going to happen. And, and let's not be scared of miracles. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Quickly, Acts chapter 8 verse, verse 12. What, 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 is, what is Philip here? Philip is preaching. And in verse 12 it says, But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. Philip preached in the name of Jesus. And guess what? Miraculous change happened. In Acts chapter 16, verse 18, you can just write it down and go back. Paul is frustrated with this, this, this woman that's, that's a sorcerer and she's making a profit out of all of this weird stuff. And he's in verse, verse 18, he says, yeah, and, and, and she did this for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned, and he said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to get out of her. And she was delivered. And then Paul's in trouble because now people are losing their income and all of that. But there was miraculous change. There was deliverance happening. There was, there was baptism happening. There was salvation happening when the name of Jesus Christ was spoken. There was miraculous change. Amen. Who's excited to preach the name of Jesus, to use the name of Jesus? The last thing this morning. Not only is the name of Jesus all-powerful, not only is the name of Jesus will never and can never be silenced, not only is the, does the name of Jesus cause miraculous change, but I see out of this passage this name of Jesus calls for repentance. And we don't want to hear that this morning, right? Verse 19 says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Peter mentions one word twice in the sermon. So after the miracle and after the awe and wonder, he's saying to the guys, listen here, this is not us. We're not so great. We're not so godly. There's another godly one and we're using his name. And it's, and it's in this name. It's through faith in this name. But, but guess what, guys? You guys have known this name. You guys aren't unfamiliar to this name. But he uses two words in the sermon from verse 12 to verse 18 that he's preaching to, to the Jews. And he says to them, you denied this name. Twice he uses the word deny. And I want to say this morning, sometimes, and I'm challenged by this, sometimes we also don't speak against it, but we just don't speak this name. And sometimes we, in a, in a way, a little bit deny the power and the miraculous change and the authority that we have in this name. 
And, and, and Peter is telling these guys, he says, guys, I understand you didn't know, but guess what? He's forgiven you, but you need to repent. You need to repent of the unbelief. And, and I believe God wants us, as, because he wants the unbelievers to repent and to get saved. But for us as the church, he wants us sometimes to challenge ourselves and say, don't we also need to repent because we know this name. <laughs> Amen. We love this name, but, but sometimes we, we deny this name. He was the promised Messiah. Jesus was the promised Messiah, and they did not believe. And he recalls them not to repent of their sin. He actually tells them to repent of their unbelief. So if you repent of your unbelief, your sins will be blotted out. You will be changed. And so many times we focused on sin. We just want to deal with our sin, and God just says, just deal with your unbelief. I'll sort your sin out. Repent of your unbelief so that what? There can be times of refreshing. And don't we want that in these days, church? And I can see it. I saw it in the worship this morning. I saw it at the wedding yesterday. I love the worship. There was, there was a refreshing in the presence of God. Hey, Amu, would you agree? I love that worship. And I loved when they sang that song, There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, no, sorry, that's the song we're going to sing. But the other song by Hillsong, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. The greatest name, the name above all names. But sometimes we need, to, we need to repent of our unbelief because we don't really believe that this name has all this power that we've just spoken about this morning. We don't really believe it. And I believe the more we exercise it, the more we pray for people, the more we'll start to believe. Amen. Sometimes we need to repent that Jesus, or that we, we think Jesus can't really do what he promised. And he promised to do it in this book. And he promised to do it in the last days. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, you can read that scripture at home, but, but it talks there about that Jesus is the name that is above every other name, but it says there that, that you know, every, knee, every knee must bow, every knee should bow, amen? Every tongue should confess. You know, one day every tongue will have to bow, or will have to confess, every knee will have to bow, but for now there's still an opportunity for people to confess and to, to bow the knee. So it says you, you should, and, and the world out there should, but, but one day there's going to be no more chance to make that choice. Every knee will have to bow. But this name calls for repentance. The name of Jesus calls for repentance. And you know, Jesus helped Peter practice confessing his name. Isn't that amazing? In, Ma in Matthew 16, he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Or disciples, who do you say that I am? And guess who's the bold one? And, and he's the one that God used to preach the first sermon. He's the, he says, I believe you're Jesus the Christ, son of the living God. Isn't it amazing how Jesus knew that they're not always going to confess him? In fact, Peter's the exact one who denied him, just like the other people of the time denied Jesus. And he, and he denied him, but Jesus still said, I'm going to use you. But he, he practiced, and I believe Jesus wants to take us through a process of practicing his name. Amen. So guess where we can practice? We can practice in a safe environment, in our small groups, where no one's going to say, oh, who's Jesus? Everyone believes. So let's start to practice and pray for each other, for the name of Jesus to be, to be manifest. And then we can start to go out to the world, and we can say, in the name of Jesus, whoa. And Jesus will be glorified, not for us. And, and woe to us if we take the glory for the healing or the miraculous stuff that happens. But this name calls for repentance. And Jesus wants to help us, and he wants to help us like Peter to practice confessing this name. Amen. So I want the band to come forward this morning, and I just want to recap again on those four points. 
Number one, the name of Jesus contains all power. Number two, the name of Jesus cannot be silenced. Number three, the name of Jesus causes miraculous change. And number four, the name of Jesus calls for repentance. And I want to ask us this morning, and I want to challenge us to mention this name. Just do it once this week, at least. But see what happens. See what happens with, with unbelievers. See what happens with even, you know, believers need to be reminded that there's power. You know, I love it when these guys, in their interviews at the end of a cricket match or rugby match, you know, often the guys use, they say glory to God, you know, like, which is good, it's not wrong or anything. But, you know, sometimes the Pakistanis also say, you know, glory to God, to Almighty Allah, you know, like that. <laughs> Watching the Pakistan series, amazing, they give glory to, to God when they win, but then there's nothing said when they lose. Or Same with us. <laughs> then there's no glory to God for, you know. But many times guys say glory to God, and that's fine. But then I love it when the guys are really bold and they use the name of Jesus, you know. Because God can be God. You, you can be your own God. So you mention God and, you know, everyone, is, all roads lead to God. But when you, when you mention the name, when they're the really bold guys and they say, you know, I want to give glory to Jesus, and maybe they should even say Jesus Christ of Nazareth because he's the name above every other name. Then, then you see, like, there's maybe a bit of discomfort, you know, like, because now we're not pleasing everyone anymore because now there's one name. It's only one name. And I want to challenge you this week. Mention the name of Jesus just once this week and see what happens. I, I believe for you. And if you're excited and you go out and you say, Jesus, help me at the right time to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, be saved, be encouraged, whatever. Sometimes we'll have to say, you need to repent and believe the gospel. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, will you be a voice for the name of Jesus? Can we close our eyes and pray this morning? Lord, we, we just thank you for the name that is above every other name, God. Jesus, we, we so worship you this morning. We, we cannot sing enough of your name, Lord. We cannot speak enough of your name because your name is beautiful, Lord. Songs have been written throughout the ages about your name. And Lord, words cannot even describe your name, but we just know, Lord, that there's power in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is miraculous change found in the name of Jesus. Lord, And we need change in our lives. We can't afford to be the same when we meet you, Lord. We, we, we just cannot. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. Father, we just glorify you that you have glorified your son Jesus Lord and that we can be saved in this name Lord that we can pray in this name Lord we and we realize this morning Lord that sometimes we do take this name casually Lord and we just presume that everything's fine Lord but but Lord help us to just be in awe and wonder again of just your name Lord not even when you do anything Lord because you are just God Lord you don't even have to prove yourself you've proved yourself once and for all on the cross Lord and thank you that you don't have to do it again. But Lord, you come and when we mention your name, stuff happens, Lord. We see it, how these apostles believed you and they obeyed you and they just simply did what you asked them to do, Lord. 
And Lord, we read in Acts where people were amazed at the fact that these people must have been with Jesus. So thank you, Lord, that we can be with you. But thank you that when we've been with you, we, we cannot not proclaim your name. Lord. We cannot not speak your name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.